This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. We're chatting this afternoon to the Chief Destination Marketing Officer at Westgrow, Monica Yule, who has a long-standing passion for all things Southern African tourism. She has quite a deep knowledge in the international marketplace and strong industry relationships at home and abroad. She comes to Westgrow with extensive experience in this space. And we're very happy to have Monica with us this afternoon on Jet Setting with Janet. Monica, welcome and hello. Thank you, Janet, and hello to you and to the listeners. It's a big pleasure. Monica, you've had quite an interesting journey that has brought you to Westgrow as its Chief Destination Marketing Officer. Tell us what that journey has entailed. Sure. I'd have to admit to my age to tell you the whole story. It's okay. I can't do much more. So, so um, I guess um, a short summation would be that I've spent most of my career in the private sector in tourism um, and then a couple of years, four years, in fact, at South African Tourism until 2016, where I did um, the destination marketing for the big national brand and in the end looked after um, 11 of the country offices that South African Tourism had had at the time, um, then moved to Cape Town and was CEO at a company called Private Safari Southern Africa, um, which deals with the international market for leisure holidays across the Southern African uh, hemisphere, and then joined Westgrow in March of 2021. What a lovely journey, Monica. So with all of that international traveling, You've not been suffering from cabin fever at all over the last two and a half years, right? Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, I think anyone that's involved in tourism will will agree with me. I don't think that we've ever had a more stressful time than the last two and a half years have been. Um, I went into the pandemic as CEO of Private Safari, so that was really tough, um, trying to keep a business afloat um, through those travel bans. And then, you know, joining the DMO at Westgrow um, in the second half of the pandemic and really working towards getting the industry back on its feet and recovering rapidly and responding to the changing uh, regulations at a rapid pace was quite something. So I think the quick answer is I was distracted enough not to notice, but my first international trip was to London in April of this year, and I cannot tell you that feeling of renewal of just being able to get my passport stamped and being able to get on a long haul flight to go and see a culture other than my own. It was a real thrill. It's fabulous. I traveled recently as well. I did Italy and Switzerland. And I tell you, I saw things with fresh eyes. There's a new appreciation for everything. And I think it's so refreshing to just be able to get on a flight, the excitement, you know, the that sound that the trolley bag makes <laughs> gets me excited every time, but especially more so the last trip. And now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, where can I go next? I'm so excited by all of these direct flights that are coming in. So lots of options for us who are suffering cabin fever for sure. Very exciting. But of course, I wouldn't be I would be remiss 
not to say that, of course, Janet, we want you to do as many trips within the Western Cape province as possible too, because <laughs> the rest of the world comes here to experience this place as being world class. So I think we should do our bit and also experience the best, the best destination in the world on our doorstep. Absolutely, Monica. That's how I've kept saying the last year. <laughs> it's just doing all the domestic trips, all the backyard exploring. It's been just amazing. Yeah, we have a world-class tourism destination, that is for sure. 100% agree. So proud to be living in this city. Monica, it's quite exciting for Westgro as an organization. There's all these phenomenal women heading up different divisions. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you what your job entails, mm. um, you know, as the Chief Destination Marketing Officer. It's, it's, a, it's a big title. It's a lot. <laughs> How big is your business card? It's a lot. Um, it's a lot of things that we don't know. So mm. just so that our listeners understand, mm. what does Monica's day looks look like? Um, so I am very lucky that I've got a team of phenomenal experts at work within the DMO or the destination marketing organization with me. Um, we look after leisure tourism, both domestically and internationally. Um, we look after the Cape Town and Western Cape Convention Bureau by Westgrove, which looks to attract business events to the province and the city. And then we also look after Cruise Cape Town, which is the initiative with some public and private sector partners to grow the cruise economy into the Cape Town Cruise Terminal and, of course, drive regional spread in that industry across the province. Sounds like all of the important things are happening in your office, Monica. Is this true? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my colleagues also look after investment and exports and the film team. And I think those are as important in terms of growing the economy and most importantly, employment in the province. I agree. I agree that West Grove has got quite a an interesting spread of responsibilities and uh, we're fully cognizant of all of the work that's being done there. Monica, you've got some lead projects that, that sit in your ambit. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the most exciting ones that you're enjoying working on right now? Well, top of the list has to be, just because it's just recently been launched, is our Never Ending Tourists campaign. So for those that are in the know, we have already done a never-ending tourists campaign in Germany and Holland, as well as in the UK. And we just recently launched our never-ending tourists US campaign, which basically finds expats from the US that came to the Western Cape, fell in love with the place to such a degree that they decide, decided never to leave. And we, through their authentic voice, hear why they love it here so much. And it is a real creative piece to showcase the world-class tourism offerings that we have in Cape Town and the Western Cape and encourages viewers to come visit the destination and get in a good space themselves. So that's the first one, very important one that's coming out now. And that's going I to be just in, tell you, Mike, yeah. and sorry to interrupt no, you. That's good. Go ahead. Many moons ago, uh, in the early 2000s, I was involved in a project with SA Tourism and there were groups of tourists from three cities in the U.S. that were visiting Cape Town, and we were doing a live broadcast. I wasn't even on radio, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, a live broadcast from the marina, where those apartments were costing like $1.5 at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, our financial capacity was very, very far from 1.5 million. And it was all very fancy and intimidating. But I got to interview personalities from the Western Cape and we broadcast to three cities mm. that had some kind of link to Cape Town. So New Orleans because of the jazz or um, Orlando, you know, because of sport, whatever the reason. And I'm just listening to you talking about this project and thinking, wouldn't it be fabulous for Magic 8 to 8 to do that kind of link with some local radio stations? And I got asked to do it because I had done a speaking tour about the apartheid struggle in South Africa and the civil rights movement in the U.S., so they just thought, okay, this would be an interesting person to do this. But I think there's great opportunity to use the technology <clears throat> that we have to link with audiences, not just through the video campaigns, but also through audio. I find that a lot more people are listening to radio. What are your thoughts on that, Monica? Radio is very powerful. Um, it's the, the, the trick for us at, at the DMO is to identify how that converts to people traveling to a destination. Because of course, radio isn't like digital where you can see if someone's liked your post or someone's engaged with your video content. It's a little bit more difficult for us to quantify the return on those sorts of efforts. But most certainly for starters in the domestic space, we always, when we do our domestic campaign and there is a new get that far away feeling campaign coming out in time for the summer holidays now, radio is a key component of that because it's a very, very effective way of reaching the local audience. Sounds wonderful. But you have a lot more projects you want to tell us about, Monica. Yes. So I think I've now touched on the leisure tourist campaigns, which was the US and the domestic campaign. But we're also, of course, through the Convention Bureau, wanting to encourage the global knowledge eco economy to regard Cape Town and the Western Cape as their go-to place, to have their meeting, to have their conference. And to that end, we've created an initiative called LEAD, which is an acronym, and it is well, we want to position the collective strength of Western Cape's knowledge, innovation, and business industries in this place. And through collaborative actions like networking, events, communications, advisory panels, between government, between the academic ecosystem and the private sector, create an attractive value proposition to peers globally. As a very smart colleague of mine in the National Convention Bureau always says, tourism is a byproduct of the business events sector. The main reason why people meet is to solve a problem. And we want to demonstrate that the smartest people on the continent are in Cape Town and the Western Cape. So if you have a business problem to solve, you need to come here to have your meeting. It sounds like the right place, Monica. Goodness knows we've been solving a lot of problems from drought to water restrictions, mm, pandemic, electricity woes, and we are known to be able to navigate very, very well. Yes. And, you know, we've got some of the best universities on the continent mm -hmm. right here in Cape Town and in Stellenbosch. So, um, you know, a lot of smart people here. So pe people need to come here and exp expose themselves to the thinking that's growing here. Certainly, you know, just a huge fount of thought leadership, which they can they can tap into. Mm. And just talking about universities, there are so many cooperation agreements between cities and universities, global universities and the Western Cape. I think we actually one of the strongest linkages nationally. Absolutely. 
and one could say on the continent, certainly in sub-Saharan Africa. So um, you talked about the um, the never-ending tourist. Mm. Is there anything related to the food and wine industry you'd like to tell us about? Yes, well, absolutely. I mean, the thing that's got the DMO buzzing at the moment is our Best of Wine Tourism Awards. So we this is an annual feature, um, and it's working through the Great Wine Capitals membership that Westgrow holds on behalf of Cape Town and the Cape Winelands. We joined the global network in May 2020, and we share this network with some really strong wine tourism and wine brands across the world. South Australia, Bilbao, the Rioja Valley there, Bordeaux, Lausanne, um, Mendoza, Porto, the Napa Valley, Casablanca Valley and Valparaiso, Verona. So there's a real global network of some strong tourist, wine tourism regions that are in this network with us and together we expose the world's audience to um, best practice around travel and tourism, education and wine business. So within this best of wine, um, within this great wine capitals membership, we once a year run the best of wine tourism and the best of wine ambassador awards. Um, Great news this year, the entries closed uh, almost three weeks ago, and we received a record number of entries from 73 establishments of a total of 119 entries. So our judges are going to be very busy this year, <laughs> shortlisting and trying to identify the best of wine tourism in Cape Town and the Cape Winelands, which will be very exciting. There's seven different categories, um, accommodation, wine tourism, restaurants, sustainable wine tourism practices, architecture and landscape art and culture, innovative wine tourism experiences, and wine tourism services. And then we also have in the fold the Ambassador Awards, which really tell the story of South Africa in particular, um, to make sure that we also showcase innovative efforts to ensure sustainability, conservation, um, transformation, and so forth. And so the Ambassador Awards are called the Wine Tourism Diversity Award, the Authentic South African Experience Award, and the WWF Conservation Pioneer Award, which is sponsored by WWF South Africa, and funding is provided there by Pamela and Neville Isdell. So those are very exciting awards that we hope to announce in October of this year. That sounds just wonderful, Monica. There are so many opportunities for establishments and businesses in the wine space to enter because the categories are quite comprehensive. Mm. And just before that, you you prattled off a whole list of places like the Napa Valley and mm. Mendoza. And I made mental notes because I think you just planned my next itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> Look, good luck getting to Mendoza at the moment. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to speak to our colleagues at the Cape Town Air Access uh, unit here within West Grove because at the moment there is very little airlift on the South American continent. Um, and so I checked, it would take you 48 hours one way at the moment to get from Cape Town to Mendoza. So we have to work harder on our Cape Town Air Access colleagues so that we can get some airlift going. That sounds like a project for the Air Access team, Monica. I leave it in your competent hands. (laughs) Now, Monica, you and I are so blessed to wake up in the Western Cape every single day. Mm. I wake up excited and I think, you know, at the beginning of the week, where am I going this weekend? Mm. I have a second wind in the afternoons when I go to go and explore some new place I haven't been before. Mm. It's quite normal for me to decide to drive through the tunnel on some random afternoon Mm. because it's just fun. Mm. So you and I share this 
tremendous love for the city. And I'd like to hear from you, what excites you about living in the Western Cape? Gosh. So full disclosure, I'm a semigrant. <laughs> I, uh, we, my husband and I moved to Cape Town six years ago. Um, so I still, it's still amazing to me every single day that you have so much to choose from. Um, re- depending on the weather, depending on your mood on the day, you have such a variety of really world-class, exceptional things to do in Cape Town and the wider Western Cape. And we have yet to tire of it. In fact, I keep a little list on, on my phone of all the things that I would still like to do. So that And that list grows um, faster than we can whittle it away. So I have to say the thing that makes me the most happy about living in the Western Cape is just this amount of diverse experiences that you can do from food and wine through to outdoor activities, through to the beaches, you know, just a scenic drive. You know, one of my favorite drives is the is the Clarence Drive um, from Somerset West through to almost Hermanus. I love that drive. So we do that just on a, on a morning. We just pack the car and just go for a drive and stop wherever we like to. So, yeah, it's just it's the scenic beauty and the absolute variety of, of experiences on offer. It just doesn't, doesn't get old. Sounds wonderful, Monica. Monica, it's been great chatting to you on our show. Thank you for the time you've given us and for Thank highlighting you. some of the great work that West Grow is doing. We're watching with great interest how the Great Wine Capitals competition unfolds, and I'm sure there'll be lots of press about that. And uh, we can always chat again afterwards to hear what the winners were. You know, Lovely. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear. We'd love to do that. And thank you for the opportunity today, Janet. We really appreciate it here at Westgrove. It's a big pleasure, Monica. It's Thursday, so I hope you're planning the weekend already. Oh, yes, it's very much planned. I do have a speaking gig on Saturday, but Sunday I'm going to be, I think, going on a, be- on a beach visit. Looks like the weather is going to be wanting me to go and sit on a beach somewhere. Sounds wonderful. Enjoy, Monica. All the best. Thank you so much, Janet. Big pleasure. Ciao. Bye. We're chatting this afternoon to Bev Bosov from the Tandem Paragliding Company. You know, we hear all the time about uh, the movie Up, Up, Up and Away, and we all love to have a bird's eye view of things. And what better way than to get onto a tandem paraglide, especially for people who have a slight fear of of heights. Uh, Good afternoon, Bev, and welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a big pleasure, Bev. Now, I haven't done the tandem paraglide. I haven't done the paraglide because I have an awful fear of heights. And we'd love for you to tell our listeners what is the experience like and try to convince me why I should do this tandem paraglide hopefully soon. Well, Janet, I'm also terrified of heights and I have paraglided quite a few times. It's absolutely nothing what people expect it will be. Um, It's a gentle run. And you are literally running, and the next thing you know, you are gliding into the sky over a beautiful sea point. And we fly over sea point onto the sea point promenade, a little bit over the ocean, and then land onto the grass. Um, it's so, so gentle. There's never a feeling of falling or, or any fear. It's just this gentle, gentle gliding. And the most incredible thing is, You feel like a bird because there's no motor and there's no noise. It's just the silence. It's absolutely amazing. Now, Bev, I'm a little bit of an anomaly because I've done the shark cage diving. 
And, uh, you know, being up close and personal with a shark isn't the most comforting thing. Um, but I always wonder about when you do that run-up and you then airborne, is there a moment when that change happens when you feel like I'm no longer on terra firma? Yes, absolutely. It's, and it's exhilarating. Absolutely, absolutely exhilarating. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. I think you have to come and, and try it for yourself. So now, Bev, what are the requirements? If I decide to come tandem paragliding, the term tandem implies that somebody's going to be gliding with me, right? You'll be flying with a pilot. You'll basically be seated in front of him. And our pilot, um, Herman, has over 24 years experience of the safety record, 100% safety record. Um, the main thing is you need to be able to run a few short meters on the takeoff. Wear closed shoes and weigh between 20 and 120 kilograms. Those are our limitations. So we fly children as young as five years old, um, and there is no age limit as long as you are fit and healthy and able to run a few meters on takeoff. I saw recently that uh, a 90 year old woman did this as her birthday treat to herself. It was incredible, yes. I thought that was just amazing. You know, I always talk about anti-aging potions and I say to friends of mine, forget what comes in the jars. You've got to do the things that take you outside of your comfort zone, things like shark cage diving, stargazing, and now tandem paragliding because it certainly does take a few years off one's age. Am I right, Bev? Yes, absolutely. We've had a, a lot of older people that have, have done it and have you know, they've ticked it off their bucket list. And it's incredible to see these older, elderly people doing this incredible glide when some youngsters are too scared to do it. It's, it's so heartwarming to see. So, Bev, um, tandem paragliding, you know, we've all been flying by the seat of our pants of late, certainly over the last two and a half years with the pandemic and international visitors, visitor numbers being down. Tell me how tandem paragliding has navigated COVID and all of the challenges that have been presented. Okay, yes, we obviously were in full lockdown in the beginning, as with the rest of the country. And uh, as they slowly opened up, we were supported by our locals. Incredibly, in fact, we found that because international travel was so restricted and limited, a lot of people who would usually travel overseas came to Cape Town and we actually had quite a good season during COVID. Uh, we had a lot of glides and we were quite busy. And now that uh, everything's opened up, it's great to have our international tourists back again, as well as our locals. We had fantastic well, there's lots of excitement. We've been chatting earlier to Monica Yule, who's the Chief Destination Marketing Officer of Westgrove, who's been telling us about all of this amazing traffic that's coming into the country and... Um, it's just heartening to see. I mean, the, uh, you know, the U.S. airlines alone are bringing in 124 flights a month in the next couple of months. So I think you guys are probably gearing up for that. Lovely to see these international numbers again coming through. It really is fantastic. Yeah, so, um, Bev, I just want to understand how many glides can one do in a day? Do you have capacity to deal with 50 people or do you do five a day? What is, what is the capacity on your side like? 
fly in summer, we fly from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and we book on the hour. Arrival is 30 minutes before, just for a little talk through and to sign the paperwork. And we can accommodate 10 to 15 per hour um, out of season. During season, it's a bit tighter as it's extremely busy. So the groups would have to be a little bit smaller. And um, But we can fly a family at a time. They'll just take off one after the other and hope have them all in the air at the same time. So I would say six in one go and then the next round six. Excellent. Now, Bev, being in this kind of business and, you know, people being adventurers at heart, you probably have a few interesting stories to share with our listeners about proposals, about yeah. exceptional events that have happened on one, of your, on one of your glides. Would you like to share that with us? Yes, we've had, uh, we've had quite a few proposals, which are incredibly nerve-wracking for me as uh, doing the bookings and because being weather dependent, you know, some of these guys have planned everything down to the minute and then the wind does not always, you know, play its part. But we did have one fantastic proposal that went off perfectly. The, the fiancé-to-be took off from Signal Hill and uh, he was waiting with a red carpet on landing with his family from Joburg with a huge sign saying, will you marry me? And it was just after COVID, so we were probably on level three. And uh, people on the Seapoint Promenade stopped. People came out of their buildings. And we actually had uh, law enforcement stopped because of the, there were too many people, of you know, because of crowd control. And anyway, she landed and he proposed and she said yes. So that was a lovely story, but it was quite funny that it drew such a crowd that law enforcement had to stop and, and to check it out that we weren't breaking the law on um, the number of people that are gathering. How wonderful. And thank goodness she said yes, because it would have been a different kind of story if she decided to say no, right? <laughs> so that was very sweet. And then we've had, we've had not too many celebrities. We've had Nelson Mandela's granddaughter fly with us. Um, some some rock the soapbox girls who who are singers mostly based in Europe, and yeah, we've it's fantastic. You meet all sorts of different people from all walks of life. It sounds wonderful, Bev. So you have the unique opportunity to see our city from a very different angle on a regular basis. And what for you on your flight is the best part of it? The best part for me is. Just before landing, the pilots will go just over the ocean a little bit, and we call it the roller coaster. And they'll pull the paraglider, and you'll sort of do a little, you don't loop to loop, but you know, you sort of do circles, and it's a little bit more, you know, faster and risque. And then you land on the grass afterwards. And I think that's the most exhilarating part of it. That sounds wonderful, Bev. So um, we've uh, got a great prize from Tandem Paragliding, and we hope that our listeners will actually go onto the web to the Jet Setting with Janet Facebook page to enter the competition and have the opportunity to win this amazing prize. Bev, living in the Western Cape, and especially Cape Town, we're so blessed. We get to see all kinds of amazing activities and events. Right now, Fame Week Africa is on. Um, have you ever been used in a film shoot, for instance? Uh, we have been on Espresso, the morning show. They came and filmed with us uh, just before COVID. And, uh, yes, we've had some uh, 
movie companies film with us. It's been amazing. That sounds wonderful, Bev. It's been great chatting to you on Jet Setting with Janet. It sounds like a really gentle glide, and I'll certainly put it on my bucket list for later in the year when the skies are clearer. We've been experiencing some some very overcast days of late. And I wish you all the best, Bev, and many, many happy glides um, coming up with all our air air, uh, access happening and our international borders open and tourists coming in both domestically and internationally. Great. Thank you so much. This weekly travel program, Jet Setting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.